Welcome to the Manager Map Podcast Show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Map Podcast Show. This week, I will revisit feedback and give some examples of how it worked for me over the years how I made sure that focused feedback is a good thing, and how to deal with the doubters. So let's get on with the show. As you know from series one and previous podcasts, I'm convinced that your direct reports and your results will be improved by using the big five of management. They of course are the one-to-one, the feedback, the coaching, delegation, empowerment. These five are the backbone of everything else managers should be doing and are a key to forming and maintaining a healthy team. One of my most listened to podcasts and most asked about topic was feedback. So to start series two, I thought it'd be a good idea to revisit feedback. I won't go through the full model again. You can listen to that in the original casts, which are always available on my uh, channel. Today, I want to give you some practical examples of where feedback has worked for me throughout the years. As I've said, feedback is a gift. And sometimes it's a hard one to give, and an even harder one to receive. Feedback and the feedback model is designed to help put in a process to support support feedback and to change or continue of a behaviour that you've seen in one of your directs. The real difficulty in feedback comes from the way people feel about delivering it and taking it. Let's be clear and upfront with you. I'm the same. Giving positive feedback, no problem. I love to help people genuinely understand when things have gone well and they have done a great job. But the corrective feedback I have in the past and still can get stuck on this one. I always try to deliver it using a logical approach with facts and process from a positive position of improvement. There's no point in giving feedback if you've got an alternative motive. But I still feel it's hard sometimes. I'm sure you're the same. You bite your lip. You hope that you'll get the situation, the message over in a way that's more subtle and that person will change their ways. Unfortunately, people only see through their own filters and they don't see any issue with their own behaviours in some way or form. So let's try to look at how we can improve the process. And again, the only reason you want to improve the process is that you want to improve your directs You want to improve their performance and obviously that means delivering results and help you improve your performance. So in today's cast, I want to take you through a couple of examples and see what you think. The steps are the same as the earlier podcast on feedback. So go have another listen if you haven't had a chance. So let's start by going back a few years where I started a role in a department. They had a very capable manager who'd been in the company for many years. He had stepped up to the job and had run the department quite well whilst they were looking to appoint someone. He knew his stuff, but he said he didn't want the bigger role. I was coming in fresh. I'd not worked for the company before, so I had a lot to learn. I soon worked out that the manager didn't want the bigger role, didn't want the bigger department, because the way he was wired. He was a person who thought he knew everything about the job. Funnily enough, all the areas, apart from his, were not pulling the weight. Whenever you had a meeting, it was always engineering's problem. Oh, it was a technical problem. It was never a production problem. It was never an issue in his area. You soon started to work out that the way he was was very isolated in his view of certain areas and certain other managers in the team. 
Of course, with me being new, I had to rely on this guy because he'd had the job before. So I'd ask him to have an input into other areas. And of course, at that point, you started to see the gaps in his knowledge. When you really put him under the spotlight to say, well, what would you do? He was very quick to step back away from it. It's very easy to throw a hand grenade over the wall into the technical or into the hygiene or into the uh, engineering. But when it was, you give us a chance to do it, you give us a chance to see what you can fix, he was very much a standoff kind of person. It also became very apparent within the first couple of months that it was a bit of an undercover assassin. You know the type of person, the ones who'll take your legs from under you in any situation, just to have a bit of one-upmanship. There was a Harry uh, Enfield sketch in the 90s with a person who knew it all. His punchline, after you had made the mistake or made that decision, is, you don't want to do it like that. And this is very similar to what this manager's attitude was. Now, you people might have worked out by now, I'm a positive person. And I always seem to come on the side of that that person really comes to work to do their best. I thought that that person had good intentions. He'd been there a lot of years and he cared about the place. But me, being a human, it was really starting to pee me off. So I stood back and I watched. And as I said to you before, I thought maybe if I leave it, it'll be some magical improvement. It didn't. I had to do the positive feedback to him first, because that's how I usually set these things up. So I was very comfortable with giving the guy positive one-to-ones and coaching. I tried to use his passion in the right direction. But change was not coming. He still had a habit of stepping in, saying something in a meeting in front of people, almost looking down on you as like, I could do this better, even though he had the chance and didn't want to do it. So the corrective feedback was the only way, as before long, this negative emotion and hidden agenda would erode the rest of the team that I was forming around me. It was obvious that people could see there was some tension forming between me as his manager and him as a direct And people are very good at reading emotions in the room. You know, if you come into a room and there's been an argument, you can feel a tension in the air. You know there's something not right. Everyone knows the eye contact, the the, the little gestures. And that was happening a lot. If you think, the way I do things, we'll be having a morning meeting, we'll be talking every day about our KPIs. So this kind of atmosphere between what I considered my left-hand and right-hand man couldn't really continue. So the time came. I was in my morning meeting. And the assassin struck again. So as the meeting ended, I asked him to stay back for a catch-up. I followed my process, as mentioned in the earlier cast. Can I give you some feedback? When you do this behaviour, this is what happens. Now can you change this? He was physically shaken by the feedback. He honestly didn't see the actions he took from another person's perspective. This guy was in his late 50s and he had never received feedback like this in his whole career. Now that just shows what wasted opportunities managers have done in the past to this guy. I didn't take an opportunity to push back with hundreds of points. I just gave him the examples of what I saw and how I wanted him to improve. We did not get into a debate, but said we would speak again on the subject and an improvement plan would be made if we couldn't see any way out of this. Now you might say, well Matt, that's your your opinion. Maybe the manager was right. Well, maybe. Maybe he was. But remember, you're the manager. You have to get the results. So it's your decision to correct, not his or hers. So the next million pound question is, did he change? 
Well, yes, he did. He went away and was quiet and a little subdued for a day. Well, that's fine. He's a human. He's licking his wounds. He wasn't ever used to getting any kind of feedback. But then he came back and he made some small changes to his behaviour. He was better at work with me and with others. Others started to see this. It was a real win-win because around him, people started to help him hit his results because the hand grenades and the subtle um, ways he was working started to move away. It wasn't fixed overnight. Nobody fixed it overnight. But it's good how he started to move. And then when we had our one-to-ones and we spoke again, we could see the improvement. And you know, the hardest part of that whole situation was the first part for me. After that, it went so well. It was a fear of the conflict that stops us. It's that what if he says moment. What if he does this? What if he gets up and walks out the room and storms off sight? Now, realistically, you're not going to see that. 99.9% of any kind of conversations around feedback is going to be a positive experience for you and hopefully for the others. But that primitive brain still sees the danger and says, no, don't avoid it. Avoid the conflict. Move away. We want to be friends. We want to be this. Well, you know, sometimes you can't always be the friends. Sometimes you have to say the hard words to correct them because at the end of the day, they don't know they're doing something wrong. How can they ever put it right? As with anything, it's practice that makes it work. It's a positive intent to improve the people from a position of caring. I learnt a long while back that if you continue to give feedback, firstly through the positive, get yourself comfortable, and then move to the corrective with a smile, it becomes so much easier. And one thing to always learn is don't ever be angry. Don't let your emotions carry you away when you're doing feedback. It's all around the logical improvement steps of taking someone from a behaviour that isn't good for the business to a behaviour that is. And in most cases, that's a win-win for both. So now, let's look to peer-to-peer feedback. Again, can be difficult. There's no positional power here. But what you have is a relationship power. And feedback, in this instance, is about building on knowing your peer. I think the best example I can give you of this is when I worked very closely with an engineering manager. Uh, We had different bosses and they had different styles, but my engineering friend was starting to lose himself in the conflict and the emotion between him and his boss. He was not delivering results and you could see him sinking every day. As a good manager and a good person, I knew I could help in this situation. So we said, what we'll do is we'll go for a coffee. Because I was a little bit more disconnected, I could see both sides. So I went for a coffee and I said the special lines. Can I give you some feedback? But I checked with him. I said, if I give you this feedback, I will be honest. And you might not like what I'm going to say. Is that okay? He trusted me and he said yes. I spent 40 minutes going through what I saw and how his behaviour was affecting the department. I stayed away from what his manager was saying as you then go into a he said, she said situation. So I kept the focus on him. It was not pleasant, but he understood what I was doing and he felt it necessary at the end. He shook my hand at the end of the coffee and said it was the best information he could have ever heard. Now I bet you're thinking that this was a happy ending, that the engineering manager had a heart to heart with his boss and all was fine. Well, no, that wasn't actually the case. Within two months, the engineering manager had decided to move on. 
He took my feedback as a catalyst to change. But that change went moving on. And sometimes I think you have to let people go. You want them to be successful. And sometimes that means they're successful in another company. But I had no regrets in what I did. He went on to be a very successful senior manager. And the team got a new engineer with a different view for the company. Again, win-win. So, let's wrap up receiving feedback revisited. I believe it's the start, the middle and the end of growing your team for the best of their performance. If I believe I'm a nice person and I avoid feedback, then what does that make me? It means we're someone who's going to lead my team, not getting the right information, and not just you to your directs, but to everything else. And feedback, like anything in life, is about that deliberate practice. You have to try it over and over again, starting with the positive if you feel comfortable with that, but working through it, learning from the way you've done it, and maturing it over and over again. They always say, when you watch a child walking, they'll fall over hundreds of times. They don't just say, well, walking's not for me, and don't bother. So don't be afraid of failure. Remember, as a boss and as a manager, it's one of those things you're going to have to get used to doing it. And if you don't get used to doing it, you need to look, it's management for me. Well, thanks for listening to Manager Matt's Revisiting of Feedback. Now it's over to you. You've got the background of why it works. You have the context of how it can deliver results to you and your business. Now it's up to you to take the action and start seeing the benefits. So what are you waiting for? Do it. Nothing comes from nothing. Okay, that's it for Manager Matt's podcast show this week. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this Manager Matt podcast. We hope you found it interesting, helpful and actionable. One last thing, please leave a quick review on iTunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of Manager Matt. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermattpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermatt.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.